Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Amen. Romans chapter number one, let's read verses number 27. The Bible says, uh, we'll back up to verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. There's no period there, but we're going to stop there for this morning. This world considers Sunday a time to catch up on sleep. This world consider anybody want to know why the Sunday paper, I don't know if anybody reads newspapers anymore, but the Sunday paper is usually the real big thick one. <laughs> it keeps you in the lazy chair long so you don't have to go to church. They put a whole big thick thing of comics to keep the kids busy. They don't want people thinking about God. Everything in our world is designed to not have you and I think about God and doing anything spiritual. That's how this world system set up. Verse number 28, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, people do not want to have to wake up and think about God. And when you don't retain God in your knowledge, Romans 1, we see man has made a mess of himself. And what's interesting is look at the end of the chapter. Who knowing, verse 32, knowing the judgment of God, they knew God's judgment against sin. And they just didn't commit it. Watch what it says. That they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They didn't only commit sin, they had pleasures in those that committed sin. Completely wicked. But why did God give them over to a reprobate mind? Watch what it says. Verse 28. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. And you know what happens when people don't retain God in their knowledge? Their mind goes from normal to abnormal. The natural passions that men have for women and the natural passions that women have for men become completely abnormal, completely against nature. It's bad enough that the sanctity of marriage has been dissolved in this world. That is bad enough. But that sin is natural passions, normal passage, passions that are unhinged and not controlled. That's not what God's talking about here. The mind goes from normal to abnormal. And normal isn't normal anymore. And it's a huge problem. Paul catalogs these crimes. Look at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up 
to uncleanness. The context of verse 24, look at the end of the verse. It's physical. It affects your body. It says to dishonor their own bodies. Look at verse 26. For God gave them up unto vile affections. You know, those affections are the seat of you, your emotions, the seat of my emotions. You have a body unclean. You have emotions, affections that are vile. See how Paul catalogs this, these crimes against God? Now look at verse 28. It says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. The mind doesn't now have an ability to know God. It becomes a reprobate. And man here is rebellious in all things. He's willing in the seat of his emotions, in his mind, in his body. He is willing to get as far away from God as he possibly can. Even if that means doing things that are abnormal and against nature. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We shouldn't have any wonder why no politician can fix the mess that we're in. The best they can do is give us better roads. The best they can do is give us a better tax plan and maybe more health care. Maybe better health care. That's about the best they can do. They can't fix the mess that we're in because we are in a cesspool of filth. We are in a dark dungeon of sin infested, of a sin infested world. And the only solution is Jesus Christ. Do not look anywhere else for that help. You want better roads? Vote for somebody. You want a better heart? Vote Jesus. Vote Jesus. He is the only, only, only answer. Mankind is completely ruined from the inside to the outside. Romans 1 clearly puts that out. There is nothing worthwhile in man. He must be regenerated. That's why the Bible said, you must be born again. People want to go to Athens, Greece. They see the ruins. Yet mankind is just standing in the filth of his own ruins. Emptiness. Nothing there. Well, it's only the remote places we need to take the gospel. You know, the places that don't have a Bible and the places that, you know, would be sacrificing animals and making idols. See here. It's not just here in the United States. It's here in Tennessee. It's not just here in Tennessee. It's here in Cookville, Tennessee. It's not just here in Cookville, Tennessee. It's on your street. We are in a filth of sin. And this world needs the saving power. Of Jesus Christ. Drag queen story hour. You have the Unitarian Universalist Church. You have the, you know, this, the, 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 these other churches where, look, when you have a female minister that has dabbled in paganism and people go to hear her teach and preach, 
This world has gone psycho. These women have gone psycho. It's absolutely vile. And praise God, we have Christian women that come here and want to be a light for Jesus Christ. Ladies, you are up against some vile, vile thinking in this whole idea of what it means to be liberated. Yet people will go and listen to this woman tell them fantasies. It's a bad deal. Yet the sun shines and all seems okay. People think, yeah, well, the jails, that's where all the criminals are. I mean, I can understand why the chaplain would want to take an early retirement or get off early because it's just the filth of everything that goes on in the jails. And that's true. But it's here. Right in our town, people are sick with sin. The hospital can't fix it. The police department can't fix it. And the fire department can't put out the eternal flames of fire that they're going to end up in if they don't repent and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Do you see the power that God has? And he will use us as his vessels. to Go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Every creature. It's the help that they need, and that's the help that we want to offer them. But verse number 26, we have a sin. That is against nature. Even their women did change the natural use. Verse number 27. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Men burned. Burned. Uh, burned their lust. One toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. The more mankind gets accustomed to sin the further man will go into sin. Well, I'll never do that. Well, praise God, I hope you never do. Praise God, I hope I will never do. Did you ever not retain God in your knowledge? I'm telling you, that's where it started. That's where it started. Well, I won't ever go that far. Everybody says that about sin. What's wrong with holding hands before marriage? Because holding hands leads to hugging. What's wrong with hugging before marriage? Because hugging leads to kissing. What's wrong with kissing before marriage? And you know where this thing goes. You know where this thing goes. I know boys have cooties and girls have cooties now, but pretty soon they're going to think that you don't have cooties and they're going to want to hold your hand. And that's when you give them a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, or you call brother Jimmy up and I'll come give him a knuckle sandwich. Look, God has things set in place to protect us and keep us safe. Look, if you've messed up, there's forgiveness, but that's no excuse to keep messing up. <laughs> okay? You don't say to God, well, God, I'm just damaged goods. I might as well just. No, you might as well not. God offers forgiveness and he offers you a place of safety. Take it. People are good at sinning. God's the good shepherd. People are great sinners, but we have a great savior. And he'll save anybody who will call on his name. If more people, if more people, be great. We hand out gospel tracts and more people, you, get, you see somebody in these praise, get down on their knees. Oh God, I deserve hell. Please, Lord, why haven't you sent me to hell? That man's ready for some grace. 
need to be careful about giving grace to the pride or, or grace to those that are prideful. Give them all. So they'd be down on their knees begging God to save them because they see that they should be in the depths of hell, not when they die right now because they're so wicked. And if this world would get a hold of that, we would see revival. It was a sin against nature. Romans 1, let's read verse 26. God got them up in the vile affections, even their women did change the natural use, and that's against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly, receiving themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. Pretty vile stuff, awful stuff. Go back to Genesis. Open this up a little bit. Look at the 13th chapter. Genesis chapter 13. Look at verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Was it really that bad? Go to Genesis 18. Genesis 18, verse number 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now. A cry goes up. God hears it. He says, I'm going to come down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it. In other words, the cry goes up. God hears the cry. He's going to come down. Is it really that bad? So God comes down and you know what he finds out? It's really that bad. Which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. Apparently, there was something that God didn't know. A cry goes up. He comes down and now he knows, wow, it is that bad. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Genesis 19, watch this, verse number five. And they called on the lot and said unto him, where are the men which come into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Vile, vile acts. Vile acts. Not going to go into any more. I think all adults get the point. Genesis chapter number 19. Look at verse 24. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone. You know what brimstone? It's burning stones. At the brim or at the rim of a volcano, you have that sulfur, it's brimstone, and God's raining that down. Brim or brim is to burn. It's fire and sulfur, it's brimstone that God is raining down upon Gomorrah and Sodom, from, and it's from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities. What are those cities? That's Sodom and Gomorrah. And then it says, and all the plain. Now go to Genesis chapter 14, and we'll get some truth what all the plain is. Go back to Genesis 14. Look at the second and third verse. Second and third verse. 
that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shenab, king of Adma, and Shemember, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar. So you know what all the plain is? It's Sodom, it's Gomorrah, it's Adma, it's Zebion, and it's Zoar. And then it says in verse number three, and all these were joined together in the vale of Siddim, which is at the Salt Sea. That vale of Siddim, or that valley of Siddim, that is where the Salt Sea is. The Salt Sea is, or, or it's the Dead Sea. And northwest of that Dead Sea, that Salt Sea, you had Bethlehem, you had Jerusalem, you had Bethel, you had Ephraim. But south and then east to that Salt Sea, you had going from south to north, Sodom, Gomorrah, Zoar, or Bella. Look at the eighth verse of Genesis chapter 14. In Genesis 14, verse 8, I want you to see this. In the middle of the verse, and the king of Zebuim, the king of Bella, the same is Zoar, and they joined battle with them in the valley of Siddim. So you had Zoar or Bella, Adma, and then Zeboim. And that place, that valley, all those cities, all the plain there, it was destroyed by God. It wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. A town better be careful what it gets itself into. Because the sin, like a cancer, will affect into the, into the next county. And then if it gets too bad, it'll affect into the next county. It didn't stop at Sodom. It went to Gomorrah. It didn't stop at Gomorrah. It went up, and it went up, and it went up. And God finally said, I can't believe this. I'm raining down fire and brimstone because of their wickedness. By the way, you know what you find at the edge of the Salt Sea and the Dead Sea? An abundance of sulfur. To this day, every word of God is pure. You can't, you, you can't miss it. This world can't miss it. God puts it right in front of their feet. I'm telling you, trust this book. Trust this book. But the wickedness in Sodom was so bad that God names the sin. He calls people that do that sin sodomites. In Deuteronomy, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, they're called sodomites because the sin was so wicked. And you know what we have an abundance of in our world today? Sodomites. And they're going to be burning for a long time if they don't repent and trust the Savior. Well, what do you do with that? Well, you do with that the same thing you do with any other sinner. You tell them the gospel. You preach to them the gospel. Now, I want to develop this thought because this is important to mention nowadays. Go back to Romans chapter number one. There has been a false doctrine that has been traveling around even independent Baptist churches called the reprobate doctrine, which teaches that homosexuals can't be saved which is a false doctrine, and it's a lie. I'm going to show you in the Bible why it's a lie. Number one, Romans 1 is not teaching 
that those given over to a reprobate mind, the homosexuals, the sodomites, God is not teaching that they cannot be saved. It is teaching the downward spiraling of mankind. You don't retain God in your knowledge. Look how far you can fall. It's easy to see that as we crunch verse by verse. We see man spiraling downward. But look at verse number 21. Man will not repent. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They're not thankful, they're vain, and they won't give God glory. Man still won't repent. Look, verse 22, what happens? They profess themselves to be wise. Man still won't repent. What happens in verse 23? They're worshiping images. Which ones? It don't matter, just pick one. Man still won't repent. Look at verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up so they could never be saved. Except it doesn't say that. It says, wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. Look at verse 26. For this, God got, for this cause, God gave them up and they could never be saved. It doesn't say that. It says he gave them up unto vile affections. Look at verse 28. I'll read it the same way. God gave them over so they would never be able to be saved. No, it doesn't say that. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. God gives you what you want. You don't really retain God in your knowledge. He's going to give you what you want. You want to reject God and you want to put something else in his place? God's going to give you what you want. You want a golden hat, golden calf? You want a football stadium? Just fill in the blank. Anything else you want to worship? You want that? Okay, God says, there you go. You can have it. He's not going to force you. He's not going to force me. And if you reject God, he's going to give you what you want, which is uncleanness. He's going to give you vile affections and a reprobate mind. That's a mind that has no purity. It's a mind that has no virtue. It's a mind that has no moral goodness. Now, you want some light from God? Okay, he's going to start cleaning that thing out. You don't want light from God? He's going to give you what you want. I'm telling you, you're free to go do whatever you want. You walk out of this church house. Now, I would advise you, and you would advise me, to live by this book. But we don't have to if we don't want to. And God isn't going to rain fire and brimstone down on us. So we need to be careful. He never said that they couldn't be saved. Well, back in the Old Testament, let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 6. The Lord says he rejected them. Okay. Well, let's go there and read it. Let's see who's in clear view in Jeremiah chapter number 6. Jeremiah 6. Watch what it says in verse 30 uh, Last verse of Jeremiah 6 Reprobate silver Shall men call them Because the Lord hath rejected them Who's in view here? It would be the nation of Israel That's in view It would be the Jews In Jeremiah chapter 6 Okay Because the Lord hath rejected them And they can't be saved and you see how I read into that verse and I added to it? It doesn't say that. It says, because the Lord 
hath rejected them. The context of the entire passage is about a nation. It's a national rejection. God rejected that nation. Why? They wanted idols. They didn't want to worship him. And so he rejected them as a nation. The ironic thing of people that you try to use this verse to say, God, you know, homosexuals can't be saved. The ironic thing is. God purifies and he's going to save that nation. He takes them back. He didn't give up on them so that the nation's done. He takes them back. I'm telling you, Romans 1 does not teach that homosexuals cannot be saved. It does not. That nation one day will get life. They will get life from the breath of God. Ezekiel 37, that valley of dry bones. God is going to breathe life into that nation. They will become alive again until that. Until then, they're not. They've got no life in them, no spiritual life in them, but it's a coming. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Another interesting way of the Lord putting this truth in front of us. Jeremiah chapter 3, look at verse number 8. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away. How they commit adultery? It was spiritual whoredom. They went whoring after other gods and given her a bill of divorcement. God divorces that nation. But he wins that nation back. That nation gets saved. Look at verse 12. Look at the context of this. Look at God's mercy in verse 12. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. Why? For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Look at, look at verse 13. They're going to repent. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God. And has scattered thy ways to the stranger under every green tree. You have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. And I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. God's not giving up on that nation. So you got to be real careful that you don't go to the Old Testament, grab a context to make a verse preach. Because it don't fit. This is a national rejection. This nation has been, God has divorced that nation because of their idolatry. And he's going to get them back because he loves that nation. He didn't give up on them. Look at Jeremiah 31. Just to further hit the nail one last time. Jeremiah 31, look at the 34th verse. And they shall, uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That's something else that God won't know. I'm telling you, this presupposition of Calvinism that says God knows everything. He doesn't know everything, 
and he's powerful enough to choose not to know things. He won't even remember their sin. It's a false presupposition. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, if God's everywhere and he says depart and you go over there and God's over here, how can you have departed from him if you go over there and God's there? He'd have to keep saying depart from me. I'm telling you, God's not going to remember. He's not going to know their sin. It's not going to have, it's not going to come to his remembrance. How can he do that? Because he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. That's a powerful God. That's a powerful God. I know that's something to chew on. I know that's something to chew on and pray about. But he says he is not going to remember. I will remember their sin no more. Completely forgotten. Why? Because he's powerful enough to be able to do that. It's not coming up against them. You and I might get in a fight with someone, friend, a family member, a spouse or kid, and we'll bring up their sin, which, by the way, is a bad thing to do. That'd be one way to take something bad and make it worse. You don't hold people's past sins against them. Well, everybody make a running tally of all their sin. Why? Well, because if we get into an argument, we want to be able to use it as ammunition against you. You think God does that? He doesn't want us doing that. We want your testimony of salvation. And some of it has to do with, yeah, you're a sinner, but we're not asking for a 40-page report of all the sins you've done. We'd all be depressed. It's supposed to be a rejoicing of what the Lord has done. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Last thing is, uh, well, let's go back to Jeremiah 6. I forgot one thing. Jeremiah 6, verse number 30. Watch how it starts off. Reprobate shall men call them. Now, what word did I leave out? Because it doesn't say reprobate. It says reprobate silver. And it's important because they lost their purity. They were fake silver. The silver wasn't pure. It wasn't real anymore. They were reprobate silver. In Deuteronomy, God says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth, they lost their holiness, that nation. They lost their peculiarity, that nation. God said, you're supposed to be different. Why'd they lose it? Because of idolatry and because of sin. Isaiah 59 and Leviticus 20. Isaiah 59. And then Leviticus chapter number 20. Get both of them. Leviticus 20. Then Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. And Leviticus 20. The Bible says in verse 1, 
of Isaiah 59. Let's do that one first. Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. God can still save you. The problem is people's sins and their iniquities. Now, Leviticus chapter number 20, there was a few churches that had this doctrine on their website that they believe part of this reprobate doctrine that's been infiltrating even independent Baptist churches is that homosexuals should be put to death. You know where they got that? From the Bible. A verse rested to their own destruction. Now, there's one church in particular. It's out in Knoxville. I checked their website to see if it was still on there because it was real radical. And they had taken it down. I wonder why. They get too much heat from people. But you want to know what you learn when you go there? That. You got to be real careful. Be real careful. This is why I want to get your eyeballs in the Bible. I want to get your eyeballs looking at all the verses so that you can see that we're trying to rightly divide this book. Now look at Leviticus chapter number 20. God's not playing around. Look at verse number nine. For everyone that curseth his father or mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. You know what was called for for a Son or daughter that cursed his mother or father, death. That would kill a lot of people in our nation. <laughs> we are not part of Old Testament Israel. This is a completely different time and a completely different punishment that God reigned upon that people during that time. Look at verse number 10. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, and the, adult, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. They say the divorce rate is 50%. Well, that wipes out half the population right there. They're not consistent. If you're going to preach something is in existence today in Leviticus chapter 20, then you've got to put to death all of the people that have committed adultery, both parties, and you've got to put to death all the children that have cursed their parents. How's that going to go? telling you you can't apply it look at verse 27 a man also or a woman hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death well there goes hollywood there goes disney there goes the whole music industry i mean just so pretty much it's just a few christians walking around you really think that's what god has planned for us no he doesn't you fly into Orlando Airport, the first thing you see when you get off the plane is Mickey Mouse in a wizard's hat. They don't put a Bible in his hand. They don't put a character verse. You know, they put a magic wand and a wizard's hat. Why? Because they're teaching a humanistic philosophy. That's what they're teaching. You know what this messages from the music industry today we're going to redefine love and get you into all types of relationships that will hurt you and harm you it's not of god 
But if we had to put all those people to death, you would have to, because you would have to apply everything in Leviticus 20 if you're going to apply one thing. And this is where they go to get this doctrine that they should kill homosexuals, which, by the way, is not what God wants us to do at all. Leviticus 20. It is. I lost the first. What is in there? Verse 13, Mark. All right. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Now, is that what the Bible says? Now, do you see how people that don't know the Bible well enough can have a minister take a verse out of Leviticus chapter 20 and preach that God should kill homosexuals? You see how he can do that? You see how that's wrong? Because if you apply one thing in the verse, you must apply all things in the ver in the chapter. One thing in the chapter, you've got to apply all things in the chapter. He's way off. Those people that teach that, those groups, they're way off. They're wrong. God wants sodomites and he wants homosexuals to be saved. So do you know what you and I need to do? Take him to Leviticus chapter 20 and say, you see, God was putting everybody to death. There's a lot of sins mentioned there. And by the way, I'm not concerned about your specific sin. But let me ask you this. Have you ever told a lie? And you know why you start with that? Because pretty much everybody is told a lie. Show them that you are on the same playing field as they are. Yes, there are sins that are certainly getting you farther away from God. And yes, there are sins and lifestyles that will take you so far from God that it will be much harder for you to trust your, the Heavenly Father that created you. It will be. But you got to remember, one lie keeps you from God. And instead of trying to dial in specific sins to make that person feel like you're better than him or her, have you ever looked with lust? Yeah, okay, well, have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Everybody can relate to that. Why? Because we are all sinners. And we all need the saving grace of God. <clears throat> this alphabet soup crowd in town and how they're trying to gain a stronghold in the school system. And how they're uh, having prominence now in government. I'm against that as much as you're against it. I am. But that shouldn't be any excuse for us to change our message that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Are you a sinner? Yes. Well, I, I don't need to know all the stuff you did. I just want you to know that you're a sinner. Have you lied? Okay. You know, you witness the people, you're at a certain event, and they come out and they say, well, what's wrong with this sin? It's because they're doing that sin. Did you realize that if you go down on the west side, all the bars out there and they come out 
and you're holding a sign that says Jesus saved and you give them a gospel track and they look you straight in the face and say, what's wrong with drinking? It's because they know their drinking is wrong. That's why they say that. They're already convicted. I typically say, I never said anything about drinking, man. But let me ask you this. Have you ever lied? No. And then you ask him, does your wife know you're out this late? <laughs> well, you're lying. You see, we're not trying to make a big deal about specific sins. We're trying to get sinners to the Savior. It's the cold gospel. And that's our message to this world. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.